0: Welcome to Deed and Truth, a podcast where we explore loving God and loving our neighbors, not just in words, but also in actions, and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I'm your host, Tommy Morris, and I'm really excited that for my first episode, I am joined by a very good friend of mine. He is a DJ, a studio artist, and a worship leader. Everybody welcome my good friend, Dwayne Mays. I've known Dwayne for, how long have I known you? Um, Five, six years? Five, six years. It feels like longer. Yeah, yeah. I don't Uh, know. Is that a compliment or? No, I mean, it feels like we... (laughs) It
1: feels like, oh, yeah. we were probably friends before, but just yeah. in different circles or something. I
0: don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Currently, Dwayne is the worship leader. Is that your title? Yeah. Uh, worship leader. Wor- yeah. Worship minister. Worship minister at the church that we attend, Live Oak. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've shared uh, in a life group together. So, yeah, I've had a lot of time hanging out with Dwayne. We we meet often and uh, spend time talking about the things of God, about the word, about Let's the Bible, say, uh, and, let, yeah, and let, about a bunch of other random things that aren't important
1: let's, <laughs> let's not lie it's it's always uh with food involved so yeah
0: yeah 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 so yeah so i'm excited to have Dwayne join me today as we kick off the inaugural episode of the deed and truth podcast and so for our first episode i think it's always important to start with defining the terms because in society today words mean different things to different people and groups are constantly hijacking words and twisting the meaning So, when we use words that are going to be common on this podcast, we want to make sure that everybody knows what we mean when we say them. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree.
0: So, the first, I mean, the first word that we really wanted to look at is just the word Christian. And what does the word Christian mean? You know, and and the the reason that I I feel there is a need to define this term is that, well, a Gallup poll in 2018-2019 said that 65% of Americans... Describe themselves as Christians. Uh, clearly, sixty-five percent of America doesn't seem to share a lot of the same <laughs> beliefs, or actions, or attitudes, or even views on the Bible or on Jesus. So, so that that means okay, if. if 65% describe themselves as Christians. What what do we all mean when we're saying Christian?
1: Exactly, because it, it's so crazy to run into someone that's just, like, maybe spouting off on Facebook, and then you go to see who that person is on their profile, and they're just like, I'm a Christian. And it's yeah. like, there is no way. Oh, okay, all
0: right. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and we will get into this later, you know, as far as... Um, When we get into some of the other words and what our standard is with that being the word of God, Um, not just being willy nilly judgmental, uh, because then, you know, that gets thrown out to you. Don't judge me. But yeah, I mean, it is interesting, right? Because it's a lot of times you'll get into these things and and maybe you're confronting sin or something else. and, And you always hear that. Well, I'm a Christian, too. If 60, 65% of Americans describe themselves as Christians, we want to look at what are some of the ways that maybe this term is, is defined in society today. So, the, the first thing I had was Merriam-Webster's actual dictionary definition, and it is one who professes belief in the teachings of Jesus Christ, which we would say that's true, I, right? Yeah, it's true. that's part of it. Technically, yeah. it's yeah, true. Right, right. But we would probably also agree that it, it probably leaves a lot out.
1: Correct. Because there are a lot of people that reference the teachings of... See, that almost strikes me as a red flag when people start (laughs) saying the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because it's like, well, you're almost referencing Jesus as you would, say, Galileo. Or Uh, you would, you know what I mean? Like just some philosopher that we understand this to be true-ish, or mm. at least true to me, and we get into that whole...
0: Right, almost whole like day. those in, in Scripture who would look at him as rabbi or right. a good teacher, um, but not necessarily as the Savior of mankind. Right. And, uh, you know, and I, I think the other thing we see nowadays is I see a lot of people who have moved to this, uh, their their view on the Bible is, well, we follow Jesus's teachings. We mm-hmm. follow Jesus's lifestyle, almost to kind of throw out stuff by Paul or Peter in anybody else Mm -hmm. john who who spoke any of his disciples you know and it's just well whatever jesus said in the gospels that that's what we follow Mm -hmm. i mean when you dig in you find out they don't really right Right, there's still a lot of things jesus said that they you know they issue but but that's a big thing nowadays so to there are a lot of people who would take this webster's definition and be like yeah yeah that's me i believe in the teachings you know and what what a lot of them would mean is morality right right do so, good
1: love others right. and yeah. i mean you again definitions like yes. what does that actually mean so
0: right and I, and I think you're hitting on what we do see with the modern societal definitions you know mm-hmm. doing doing good deeds you know you're you're being a quote-unquote good person right you know and that's what it means to be a christian
1: that drives me absolutely nuts cuz then it's just like, well, what's your definition of good?
0: Right, right, yeah. So, well, yeah, it's like we have to go down this rabbit hole of of never-ending definitions. Right, right. Right. So because yeah, how how do we un- how do we judge what a good deed is at that point? How right. do we judge what good behavior is? Right. Right? So you might have a completely different view on doing something good or something I do that I think is good, you may look at it as like, yeah, not so much or yeah, mediocre. Right, right. Right. Exactly. What are some of the other ones here? We have a we have a little list. What's some? What are some of the others that we see here doing? So um, accepting of others,
1: uh, yeah, you probably hear words like tolerant. Um, again, loving, you know, different things like that. Where hey, if you're going to be a Christian, or if I believe that I'm a Christian that just means that I am open to everyone to all beliefs to whatever they you know whatever makes them feel good. Yeah. And uh, that is not a standard. That's not an actual it, it's hard because I I understand where they're coming from. They don't want to make anyone feel bad. But uh that that's not what the Bible is teaching that's not what the bible says um that's not what is required in any kind of definition of any kind of religion really like right so
0: yeah i mean it's it's this idea that no matter what you do i have to be loving Which I would say unconditional love and a sense of forgiveness and things of that nature. It's true. So it's, it's almost like all of these definitions have this partial truth to them, Mm -hmm. which is what I think makes them appealing and makes them more easily accepted. Right. But the problem with that is like you said, I mean, the, the target can keep moving, right? Like I'm accepting this behavior, but then tomorrow you decide to do a completely contradictory behavior. I'm supposed to still love you and by loving you, that means I have to accept whatever these behaviors are that you're doing, even if they change minute by minute, you know, and I'm never supposed to say anything is wrong or bad or that you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that that's what love is love it does not correct right. it does not warn or anything of that nature right?
1: which is crazy because you you go into your family and you look at a family that you love and you see your parents and they have always corrected you uh when you're a kid or you see like uh your sibling or you see i mean, just. Right. Any type of relationship where where there's love, there's always like the sense of correction or there's a sense of, hey, you shouldn't do that. That's going to hurt you. Or, I mean, there's always boundaries. And it feels like in a lot of ways that the current push for what a Christian is to to define it as tolerant, loving is just so that I
0: don't feel bad for what I'm doing. Right. You have to accept. I think in one of Odie Bacham's sermons... He basically, I don't know if he was talking about like the fruit, of the spirit, according to modern Christian definitions, but he basically said that what it means to be a Christian is that you're nice, right? You have to be nice, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that goes into that. Yeah. So in, in 2017, uh, I have I didn't, I couldn't find a recent Gallup poll, but in 2017, 80% of people professed a belief in God. Now this is a little different. We said earlier, 65% describe themselves as Christians. Mm-hmm. So there are clearly people who would say they believe in a God. Mm-hmm. Um, but not necessarily identify as Christian. So, eighty-seven percent of people say they believe in God, but right. this goes back to what God? Who is God to you? How do right. you define God? You know, and for a lot of people, it's this—you know—higher power this kind of deism, where it's uh, maybe somebody that was involved in something a long time ago stepped away, right. just kind of let us all do our own thing and not really involved in daily life. I think for a lot of people, it's that it misses that relationship component.
1: Exactly. I actually, when I was younger, played in a band, and uh, one of the guys, uh, I, I was actually having a conversation with him saying, like, are we a Christian band? I, I see some of your mm. lyrics, they're very poetic, and have uh, some overtones that point to, you know, stories in the Bible, so uh, would you say that we're a Christian band? And he was like, well, I I think of God a little bit differently than you do, and mm. I, I asked him to explain, and he's like, well, I think God is like a blue orb, and he's around all of us. And I was like, "Ah, uh, yeah." I, I was staring at him for a long time just like <laughs> this is some weird kind of joke right and right. we both start to laugh i don't know when
0: and then he just never never laughed right yeah, the, the so. punchline was never actually there right the yeah pun- but i mean a lot of people believe in that we see that a lot now um with progressive christianity even this, this universal uh, mentality universalist mentality this universal christ Right. you see people who believe in god as more of a like an energy like you're saying like the mm-hmm. blue orb like he's this this energy that's out there in the universe so well here so here's one that I think you and I personally both could speak to is does going to church or growing up in church make you a christian
1: absolutely not but you will think you are a christian yes yes if uh, if allowed yeah. to uh, to grow up in that in that environment and, and i mean I, I I did you one better. So I, I grew up in church and went to a Christian school
0: for a uh, while. Well, so I went to a Christian school for about three years. Okay, got in trouble, right, and somehow ended up back in public school to finish out.
1: Okay, but yeah. yeah.
0: Usually it's the other way around. Usually you get in trouble <laughs> in public school and then get sent to the <laughs> private school. Well, I I I, I, I end capped it. Right. right. Like right. I, right. Okay. I, I had bookends. I got in trouble at public school. Got put in Christian school. Uh, they were super strict Super strict Christian school Gosh. Got in some trouble there Some things happened My yeah. dad gave me the opportunity To finish out And go my senior year To public school So yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, don't, was... I don't know that I put myself I don't know that I put my dad In a good position To make a good right. choice He was kind of stuck Right, right It's <laughs> yeah. like
1: either this Or or the military Yeah, that, yeah.
0: So how long did you go To a Christian school?
1: I went first through eighth grade And okay. then You went a lot longer than me Yeah, yeah. So I was so
0: definitely that made you more Holy and spiritual than me Well mm-hmm. I mean
1: yeah. i would use the word righteous but yes. i mean
0: yeah yeah, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> exactly because <laughs> you absorbed more than i did. right right yeah. <clears throat> no I, yeah. I i could definitely uh whip you at a, a what was it the bible sword oh, game or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. where you had was, to like
0: uh they call out the verse and right. you had to like yeah, slip in, yeah and
1: find the verse real man
0: clear. i always lost in those
1: i was i was really good at that so i was
0: a preacher's kid mm-hmm. still lost yeah
1: well yeah. i mean i was not a preacher's kid but i was at church anytime the doors were open and then went to a christian school so i, I thought i was doing pretty good did you practice in front of the mirror? Um, as far as with the Bible yeah. sword and thing? Yeah. Um, not in front of the mirror. I did have my mom, you know, shout uh, out verses okay. sometimes, you okay. know? Okay. So maybe sort of, that's
0: where I, I messed up. I didn't well, practice. It
1: would get tricky when it was like the the Old Testament prophets, like when Ooh, it was yes. Zechariah or Zephaniah, you yeah. know? Like, which see Yeah,
0: so yeah.
1: that would get a little tricky, but yeah. I, I had a I had a thing down. I, I was good. Impressive.
0: Yeah, so, I, you know, at some point, you know, I'm sure you know we'll get to a place where Dwayne and I can share testimonies on a future Um, Episode, But both of our testimonies would touch on this of being raised in church, going to Christian schools, being super involved in like youth groups and things like that. Right. And and later in life, realizing that we were never truly Christians. Right. Right. We had never actually had that relationship.
1: It was beautifully devastating. Yeah. Like, I mean.
0: It's a good way to describe
1: it. Yeah. It it was just like this. Oh, here's the truth. Oh, I'm not a part of that at all. Yeah. Got it yeah but the
0: the beauty of it you know and i think you say like it's kind of crushing in that moment Mm -hmm. uh, but then the the instant like uplift of truly coming to christ right right? and it's like you're instantly crumbled and then raised up from the ashes right right you know and uh yeah so so another one you know that i grew up with and and i don't know about you but you speak to this is is simply praying a prayer so Praying a prayer in and of itself, again, like like the Webster's definition, definition saying, mm. "Well, yeah, that's true, right?" Praying a prayer, that confession, that is an element of coming to Christ, but but does simply praying a prayer, hence, uh, repeat after me, right. close your eyes, bow your heads, repeat after me. Right? Does that make you a Christian?
1: And I mean, again, no, like yeah. not just repeating that prayer. And the I, I think somewhere, even not knowing. Um, having a deep knowledge of Scripture or not really knowing God, I knew that prayer wasn't enough because mm. I was up rededicating my life almost like oh, weekly. Man. Like okay, you same. know, yeah. Same, so same. it'd just be like I feel really guilty about this week. Yeah. Uh same stuff as last week. Right. Need to rededicate my life again. Oh man. You know. So like yeah. it was just this constant thing of all right, I've fallen away again. I'm I'm a sinner again. Like, let me get saved. And feeling okay about it after that yeah. prayer for a minute. And then, you know, uh getting in trouble later on the on the drive home. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. So, Start all back over. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. And uh, you know, this was a, a powerful thing and all just say that watching uh, Paul Washer, his if you YouTube Paul Washer shocking sermon, mm-hmm. and look that up and watch it. This is one of the things that he really hits on, you know. And and it was convicting for me both in the sense of realizing that that was one of the precipitating things to me realizing that I wasn't truly a Christian. I had prayed a prayer multiple times. I'd like you mm-hmm. prayed the rededication prayer. Right. <laughs> Who knows, hundreds, thousand times. I don't know exactly. You know, over and over. Uh, and I've been guilty on the other side. I think that was the double convicting part, not only my lostness, but realizing that I had pushed other people to repeat this prayer after me as though mm. the prayer itself, the words, had the magic power mm-hmm. and not the surrender, the mm-hmm. the counting the cost and surrendering your life, you know, and it wasn't part of that. It was just somehow, if you pray this prayer, you're going to be, everything's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything changes. And, you know, I would see people repeat this prayer and then nothing changed, right? right? Nothing. I mean, literally the week after, no difference. And I,
1: I think that's a failure of our culture is assuming that people know what's going on. Right. Like, yeah. assuming they know, like, what these words mean. Yeah. Like, when <clears throat> when you say something like, hey, you know, uh, God has grace, you know, right. and, and they're looking at you like, grace sounds like a really nice word. Yeah. You know, that sounds way better than damnation. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, judgment. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll take grace. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what that means.
0: Right. You know. In, in context, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, so yeah. So we just look at these things. So what if these things don't save us? If if doing good and being so totally accepting of others and believing in God and going to church every every week or every time the doors are open and and praying that initial prayer or even continuing to pray, none of that makes us a Christian. So when we say Christian, what do we mean? Right. You know, as far as what does it mean. When I say I'm a Christian, what does it mean for you, Dwayne, when you say you are a Christian? And I mean, I guess, you know,
1: the, the first part would be that I am a follower of Christ, that I have recognized Jesus as the Son of God, that I have recognized Him as Lord of my life yeah. and laid my life down as far as uh, being subservient to Him, being a, a servant to His calling,
0: His will. Right. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a different different terminology because we're we're moving past this head knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. we it's like this mental ascent, this belief in that sense is not even getting us quite halfway there, right? It's I mean it's not even close. Where God wants more than your mind, he wants your heart your whole life. You right. know, we're called to love him with everything that we are, everything we have. And so being a Christian is being that follower. I don't know if you ever read Kyle Eidelman's book, More Than a fan or Mm the name of it hold on i have it hold on i'm gonna grab it (laughs) grab it yeah but i mean
1: even kind of going a little bit deeper into that i guess just realizing that jesus is bigger than a name or an idea i mean sometimes it's really hard to even quantify people that have been alive in the past 100 years, like, yeah. sometimes I think of Einstein as an idea rather than like, no, that was just some, some dude that was really good at math. You know, like, right. it, it's hard to to really kind of quantify, like, who Jesus was sometimes. And I think right. in American culture, it's really easy to be like, okay, Jesus is that statue that I saw in mm. the bookstore, or Jesus is that picture that I saw where he's looking piously and has to glow around right. him. You know, like... yeah it's really easy to make jesus an an idea or a you know a fictionalized character mm. rather than no, Jesus actually existed. He yeah. came to earth, you know, and just really understand, like, what the Bible was saying when about his life and what he did and yeah. then how he was raised from the dead, so.
0: Yeah, that's good, you know, that he is a person. I think the what you're saying is, is you know, when we start treating him like this idea is, that's where it's real easy to slip into some of that universalism mm. or that kind of mysticism of, of God being this energy or this whatever out there, this power, but no, I mean, we, we forget about the person. Jesus Christ was a person lived, walked on this earth, died. Right, you know. So Kyle Eidelman, I found Kyle Eidelman, I found the book mm-hmm. up here. It's not a fan, and you know the whole take on the book is that he doesn't want to be a fan of Jesus. He wants to be a follower. You know, and he said a lot of times That's we good. treat or we look at being a Christian as being this fan, like you're cheering, you're happy, you know, but you're not actually giving your life. you're not actually following him, you're not doing the things that the Word of God tells us to. you're not living your life for him. you're not surrendering your life to him. It's just kind of like hey go Jesus, mm-hmm. just don't cost me anything right right like right. I don't want to pay the price. So yeah so it's yeah more than more than being a fan you know being a follower but it is it, it is a recognition there's a lot to it there's a recon- recognition of our sin mm-hmm. and our need for a savior, a recognition that Jesus is that savior. Mm-hmm. and then us having that heart of repentance to to turn from our sin you know and turn to Christ and surrender our life to him mm-hmm. and salvation you know it's it's interesting because becoming a christian salvation is it's really not the end goal right the, the end goal is not to go out and, get people to become christians that's the starting point right like that's like saying that the the wedding ceremony is the is is the end all result of of marriage right it's not it's the beginning right right it's not the culmination it's not the grand finale it is the starting line right and it is the same way in our christian walk that you know as we become a christian then it it is continually a life of surrender and the bible shares with us how we know people are christians you know in galatians 5 it lays out the fruit of the spirit that we'll see and not to say that anybody's perfect or always going to Mm -hmm. emulate these these fruit and never going to reflect the fruit of the flesh but more often what you will see is the fruit of the spirit and when the fruit of the flesh is present you will see a heart of repentance and brokenness over that sin right So, I think that's the big key. So, yeah, so just to kind of move to the next one. Um, <laughs> it's been a lot on that one, but we've touched on this one a little bit. I think that's an important one, right? I think right. understanding what it truly means to be a Christian and 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 if there is anybody out there who's hearing this and you're not sure, you know, we'd want you to reach out to us and and we can help walk you through what it means to be a Christian and pray with you and talk with you um, through scripture. But so the le- second one, you know, when we're talking about deed and truth, the the whole background of this podcast is what it means to love in both deed and in truth so before we get to deed and truth those terms being the last two Mm -hmm. we have to understand what is what do we mean when we say love right? right like when when we say that we're going to love others or love god through deed and truth what do we mean when we say love because love nowadays man you want to talk about a word that has been dragged through the mud Oh yeah modern society views love i, I think a little bit differently <laughs> than, than i think uh you know jesus talked about it or the bible reflects it so right um, we kind of hit on some of this you hit on on some of it earlier but you know what do you what do you see when you are on the twitterverse or other social media or the news what what do we see nowadays with, Man, what love is
1: it's funny because as a college football fan you know like i i'm Oh, I guess we're both uh, fans of the Seminoles. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so uh, you know, like when when you have a fandom of a team, it's really easy to talk trash with other people <laughs> yeah. and still be still be good. Like yeah. you're you're not gonna have any kind of hatred or anything right. like that, really. Right. Maybe if you're at the game and it's a heated game, and it's a rivalry game yeah. or something like that. But yeah. it, you're always gonna be able to have this discourse where it's just like, oh no, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But nowadays. It's almost like, hey, um, I'm a Coke person, you're a Pepsi person. And then it's like, you are hateful, you need to be (laughs) canceled, you need to, you know, everything needs to go away for you. You cannot work and make a living anymore because you have said the most abominable thing ever or something. And so, like, love is always defined as, and it's not even tolerance. It's not even like, I will tolerate your view even though it's different from mine. It's complete and utter endorsement of how i feel right it
0: used so it used to be tolerance right right? like we had that phase where it was tolerance and now tolerance is like well that'll get you in the club like that's step one but you have so many more phases if you really want to love the way society tells you you have to love tolerance is not good enough anymore right you can't just be like yeah uh, what was the the phrase love live and let live Right. right? right yeah like however you live as eh, long as it doesn't affect me, you live your life, I live my life, or you do you. You right. do you, I'm going to do me. Well, that's right. not good enough anymore. No. Right? There is none of that. It is, not only do you have to tolerate, you have to accept it, you have to embrace it. You have to celebrate it. Yeah, you have to celebrate it. You you have to advocate for it. Right. Right? right so yeah so like some of the <laughs> so we were joking before we started about about discussions of race oh, yeah. you know yeah. right and that being such a tense topic and i think like nowadays right it wasn't just enough to denounce racism right to say i'm not a racist right now you have to be an anti-racist right and oh, then
1: f- full yeah. disclosure because i yeah. know it's not coming across <laughs> in my voice i, I, I am a uh, a black man <laughs> Um, so that that's why we were talking about race it wasn't just like
0: yeah that's probably good to have in context being that we're not (laughs) on video maybe I need to put a picture on the thumbnail but yes Dwayne is a black man I am a white man so so we were having a little discussion about race but but that kind of shows (laughs) where society has gone right it's not just enough to be against something right now you have to be this other thing this for something or you have to always take it to that next level so now right now it's you can't just say I'm not a racist you have to be an anti-racist and then you Have to be this, and I don't know what the next word will be, the next term. That's because no matter what, once you get there, Mm -hmm. you're not there. Right? Because oh, just kidding. We have another level. So with with love, it was tolerance, and and then you have to accept my lifestyle, and then you have to embrace Embrace it and celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate. celebrate. As the word you celebrate it, and then we have to advocate for it. We have to actually promote it ourselves. Right. Right. And I mean, I think the ultimate joy that some groups would have is that we all participate in like we all have to be doing and living and loving the same things because that's what love is.
1: Right. And it's weird because nowhere else in life is that ever proven to be the case. So right. like I said when when you go back to your family or when you're in your relationship with your significant other or like when you're when you're married, you know, like it's obvious that you're not going to have all of those elements together. I mean, like, of course you're going to, you know, be tolerant of each other. Um, <laughs> Good hope. And, and I mean that's that's asking a lot sometimes, <laughs> you know. But like, and and you're gonna accept each other and and participate with each other. But I mean, there's gonna be times where you guys don't agree, and it's okay. Yeah, and and it and yeah. it's fine, and you guys can work it out and live it out. And then you realize that when things get hard, and you and you're called to stay as a Christian, you're called to stay. Yeah. When those when those times come around, it, it's not all these like fun loving things. It's yeah. just like all right, well I need to sacrifice, I need to yeah. I need to lay down what I want for what she wants and, and, and vice versa and all that. Yeah. Which, you know, Christ gets into in his teachings, you know, when it comes to how he loved the church and how we're supposed to, to love our wives and wives love their husbands and everything like that.
0: So, so, yeah, the thing with love, I mean, the interesting thing about it, right, is that they, they say this, right? And, and, like, we have these groups in society who are like, this is what love has to be. You have to do this. But the truth is they, we've seen it already, they start to devour one another, right? Because right. it is impossible for us to all love, advocate for whatever, the same thing. I mean, human nature is selfish anyway. I mean, Scripture says that you know our hearts are are very selfish, de- desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. At no point is the selfishness of our heart going to allow us to a hundred percent love and agree on a hundred percent of things out there, and it's just inevitable. And the beauty of true love is being able to extend that love even when you disagree, mm-hmm. or even when you've been hurt right right so i mean that's true love i mean matthew 5 jesus (laughs) and he called us to love our enemies right right so what is it to love someone who loves you back like even lost people can do that right right? so we're called to to a higher standard in that you know and when we look at at what what love is i just pulled up first corinthians 13 you know love is patient you know And, and it's and it's kind and it's so just right there off the bat right when you see the modern group society preaching this universal love the strange thing is they're not very loving in how they no, do it no the the ir- irony of that it just blows my mind because patience and kindness right out of the gate the first two in first corinthians 13 uh, starting with verse four the first two characteristics we see you don't see in modern societies
1: what is love? love what is it patient kind
0: get rid of it yeah out nope. out the door no nope. we're gonna redefine love now. yeah no time for that no love does not envy or boast okay i mean yeah. that sounds fine yeah yeah that's I good can, i can live with that yeah i mean that's sometimes not easy but it's probably not some of the hardest ones not right. arrogant what uh, uh, i mean whatever kind of goes with it yeah. rude not rude you're being yeah. kind of rude right now <laughs> uh, with well you're the, being uh, rude because you're not being very loving right towards well, the sounds kind of arrogant to me <laughs> does not insist on having its own way right not irritable or resentful i think you were getting irritable there for a minute
1: you know i i demanded uh green m&ms and they weren't here Uh, (laughs) these were skittles is that uh, what
0: the green room means yeah the green (laughs) m&ms does not rejoice in wrongdoing so this one is huge right there is an element in biblical love of holiness, Mm -hmm. that we do not rejoice in sin and in wrongdoing. We're not. And and some of this, man, it's like when there is someone who we look at as evil or wrong and they kind of get their, They're comeuppance, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're just due. We're not even to take delight in that, right? Right. That's, you know, we're not to rejoice in that either, but, you know, but we're definitely not to rejoice in wrongdoing and sin. And that's what society, I think that's the big, that right there is one of the biggest differences in biblical love and societal love nowadays, rejoicing in wrongdoing. Mm. To love by society standards now, you have to rejoice in a lot of things that God calls sin. Right. But it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. It never ends. So yeah, so that that is love. You mm-hmm. know, love is by biblical definitions <laughs> night and day. Right. Opposite of what society wants us to to do or def- how to define it now.
1: And it's funny too because like once you experience that kind of love, there's so much comfort in that. Yeah. I mean, like. I think society comes approaches love in a way to where they don't want to feel bad. Right. So like this is all motivated and I don't want you to feel bad because I don't want to feel bad. Yeah, but once you experience love, once you experience real, true, biblical love, God's love, then there's a comfort in the fact that like you know even though I'm convicted of sin, even yeah. though I I have shame issues or I have issues with what I've done in my past and everything, I can repent and and still like be loved by God yeah. and still be, you know, completely uh in that comfort of who he is. Yeah. So I, it's and it's so much more encompassing than just this fleeting, well, I did this wrong, but you
0: know, yeah hot boy summer <laughs> <laughs> because love <laughs> is love means. is more than an emotion and yeah you know it is it's definitely it is a commitment mm-hmm. it is a choice right there are, there are times where you may not in your emotions want to love somebody right but you make the choice to extend to love to show love right that's what true love is and it's interesting the things you said because people you know you said we we want to not feel bad mm-hmm. the irony of that right is that that fleshly love that societal definition actually does make us feel bad Mm -hmm. because we never we can never live up to the standard we can because and plus the goalposts are always moving right so it's never enough and it's the anxiety that that creates it's you can never truly feel peace and and truly feel love because you're always worried that you're offending somebody or you, you violated this new social code and whatever this and that. And, you know, it's, it's just not true love. But in Christ and true love and true biblical love, there is that peace. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's that peace in knowing that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is love. Big shout out to my buddy Dwayne for joining me on the first episode of Deed and Truth. Thank you all for listening and make sure you check back with us next week. Dwayne and I will be covering part two of Defining the Terms. We'll be looking at the terms deed and truth and what they look like from a biblical perspective versus how they're used and expressed in society. Deed and Truth will be dropping new episodes every Monday, so subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode and be sure to share the podcast with your friends. You can connect with us on social media by going to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube and searching the Deed and Truth podcast or Twitter by searching at deed underscore truth. You can also check out our website, deedandtruthpodcast.com. All right, we'll see y'all next time.